Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Decatur City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Decatur City Church app where you can find access to all of our recent message content. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope you enjoy the following presentation and I hope it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Awesome. Hey, how are y'all doing this morning? It is so good seeing you all on today. You know, I was actually driving around City of Decatur uh, yesterday, and did, was anybody at the Lunar, the Lunar Festival yesterday? Anybody? It was at Legacy Park. You were there. See, don't be shy. You were there. See, I was there too. You were there a little bit. There was anybody else? Anybody else? There's a bunch of people. A bunch of people there. So here's here's actually the insight that I had. I was driving by again. We're you know we're opening a new series. Today, we've entitled Wait For It. So all, it's all about what to do when you find yourself in a season of waiting. And so I was driving by. I'm the type of person, I don't know if you guys are like this. If I see large crowds of people, I'm drawn to it. All right. So I was driving by yesterday and I saw this long line outside of Legacy Park. And here's my thought. Here's my thought. Now, I shouldn't do this at nine o'clock at night. My thought was when I saw the long, long line of cars is I need to figure out what's going on there. And so I got in this long line, and people were kind of ushering us forward. And, you know, long story short, it was, it was the lunar, is it, what was it called, the lunar? Lunar New Year. So I went over there. There was a bunch of lines and food. And I was thinking a little bit about that line, because that line reminded me of how much I love Chick-fil-A. Completely, <laughs> completely unrelated. But here's the thought that I had. Again, we're talking, you know, we're talking a little bit about what it looks like to wait how can we wait well? So here's the thought that I had. And I was thinking about you all when I had this thought. So here was the thought. Wait, waiting for it is worth it because good will come from it. Y'all are supposed to say, oh, that was cool. Like, I was thinking about y'all. So as I was thinking a little bit just about that series, like this series really is all about uh, how challenging waiting can be. But when we wait for it, it's usually worth it because good can come from it. And so all right, we can, we can call the, the band back up. That's it. Like, that's, that's my sermon for today. Felt like that was worth the price of mission. And really, we can only go down from here. All right, but so excited to see all of you all on today. Again, as you just mentioned, man, we're jumping into a series uh, first week uh, entitled Wait For It. And the inspiration for this series really has been, as I think about my life over the last three years, there's been a lot of transition, a lot of waiting. Uh, when the pandemic hit in Florida, none of you all know, last five years I've been in Florida, uh, it was March 20th, 2022, you know, the pandemic hit. I mean, y'all just kind of remember all the things that were happening. Now, here's the difference. In Florida, it started on March 20th, 2020, not 2022. It was over in Florida the next week, all right? 
so a little bit different. So in any other place other than Florida, most people had to wait to open up. I mean, there was just a lot of things going on. And so a lot of our life over the last three years was waiting. Uh, I remember Tiffany and I, uh, you know, the first week the pandemic hit, all of our kids were home. We have six kids. Yes, we have cable uh, and it didn't work. All right. But our kids were home. Uh, it just felt really nostalgic. And Tiff and I just began dreaming a little by a bit. We said, hey, you know, what, Tiff, maybe God has called us to homeschool. Uh, that lasted about 12 days. And then we kind of find ourselves being in a position where is anybody was kind of that maybe felt that you're like, no, we're smarter than that. Um, but just after those 12 days, I mean, there was this period where we're waiting for schools to open back up. And then we were waiting for gyms to open back up. And then we were kind of leading a church in South Florida. And one of the challenges that we had, we were meeting in a public space. We're waiting for schools to open back up. And so here was just my insight over those last three years, because I've been praying about like wanting to, you know, not necessarily make a good impression, but this is my first time speaking live for more than four minutes. And so here's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to talk about. Okay, I thought, thought somebody was coming out. Okay, all right. So here's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to talk about. I, th- I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you all, man, that there, there are things that we can all learn in our seasons of waiting for all of us. I think one of the things which is kind of unifying about this theme, whether you're a, a follower of Jesus or you're not, or you're exploring, or like you, you decided, hey, this month, I'm gonna give church a try till January. And so this is the day. There's a lot of pressure on me to kind of keep this New Year's resolution going till February. But here's what unifies all of us is that all of us in here, we've got things that we're waiting on, like good things. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, some of y'all are waiting to hit the Powerball, all right? For, like, that's kind of good. Just give here if you hit it. But, <laughs> but there's just, they're just a lot of things that we're waiting on. And some of you all have really blessed me where I spent time with you at small groups or in the hall. And you've communicated to me things that you're waiting on. Some of you all are waiting to buy a house because interest rates are like 30% now. I mean, some of you all told me a little bit about that. Some of you all are, you've, like you recently had surgery and you're kind of waiting to feel normal again. Some of you all are waiting uh, for the Falcons to get back to the Super Bowl. Listen, this sermon will not solve that issue. Uh, uh, some of you all are just are waiting, like you're, you're new here to Atlanta and you're just like trying, like you're waiting for Atlanta to feel like home. Uh, here's what's most challenging about waiting. And this is what is so unnerving. I think we can all be honest. There's only a few people in this room and folks watching online. What's challenging about waiting is we realize that there's so much that's out of our control. That's what's like so unnerving about it. That's why like we really often kind of like rush to want to get out of it because we realize like it's uncomfortable if you've been looking for a job for a really, really long time and you've been going on a lot of interviews and you're just kind of sitting home waiting. And, uh, but, but here's, I, I think, the good news. If this is the situation that we all find ourselves in, I think there's some things that the Lord can teach us in all of our seasons of waiting. And so uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to kind of jump into this series. This series is really, yes, I'm trying to make a good impression on you, but also I just want to be vulnerable and, trans, you know, and, and was it transparent. I want to be vulnerable and transparent. So you just kind of know, hey, Pastor Steve is imperfect. And, uh, and this, over the last three years, there's a lot that the Lord has taught me. And I just believe that some of the things that I went through uh, will benefit, I think, us as we move forward. So does that sound good? We got an agreement? All right, let's clap it up, clap it up. All right, 
So here's what we're going to do. So next couple of weeks, we're going to spend some time in the book of Mark. The book of Mark is one of the four gospels uh, that records the life of Jesus. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here's what I love about the book of Mark, and I, I think the fellas might really appreciate this. The book of Mark is short. I just, I just love, I love the book of Mark because it's short. And here's what's also cool about the book of Mark. The book of Mark doesn't have a whole lot, and I don't mind it, doesn't have a whole lot of theological language. So it's a good book if you're new to faith, new to church, if you want to kind of dive in, high level, talks about the life of Jesus. Mark's entire goal throughout this gospel is to, is to make it evident through the stories that he's, you know, that he's hearing, that he's writing down, that Jesus is a unique person that we should listen to. And so the context that we're going to pick up today, we're going to start in chapter two. And let me give you this scene. Let me kind of cast the scene for you. This is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. It's really, really early. And people are beginning to hear about all the things that Jesus has done. I mean, they're hearing it on Twitter, on Facebook, Snapchat. Some of y'all missed that. That wasn't, that didn't exist then, but y'all know what I'm talking about. All right. So like crowds of people are hearing about who Jesus is, and there's a lot of interest in his teaching. And so folks are coming from all over. But here's the challenge is that there are also people that are hearing about what Jesus is, but they can't get to where Jesus is because of issues and challenges they have in their life. So so one of the characters that we're going to meet this morning is a guy who was paralyzed. It was a guy who literally was unable to pick himself up where he was and to get where Jesus is. And so we're going to read a story about kind of how God in his this is a big word, providence, but just, it just means really that God has ordered this man's steps to get to Jesus. And I believe there's some amazing things that we're going to learn uh, from that today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk back to the screen. I've always wanted to do this, to be like Andy Stanley. Here we go. <laughs> and Mark chapter 2. Oh, I'm supposed to start reading. Here we go. Ready and go. Here we go. Look at that. That was so cool. All right. All right. Here we go. Now I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> so here's the context. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum. So high-level Capernaum. If Jesus had the college year. So imagine there was a sitcom that was produced. Jesus in the college years. That would be Capernaum. So this is where Jesus spends a lot of his adult ministry. He says, enter Capernaum. It says, the people heard that Jesus had come home. A little bit of trivia today. Jesus had a home. All right. And we got to also give a little bit of a shout out to our small group leaders, because when you're in a small group, you're like Jesus. Come on, y'all. Look at that. He's at home. All right. All right. Let's go. Next slide. We'll go Mark chapter two, verse two. And it says they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. So there was no room in Jesus small group. There was no QR code. Okay. All right. And Jesus small group. So when he you know, when they passed out the QR code, there wasn't enough space. All right, here we go. So that's some, for somebody. All right, there we go. All right, so there we go. So it says there was no room because of, the, of, because of all the things that Jesus was teaching. And here's what it also says. It says not even outside the door. Now, you have to realize that you're in a really, really, really good group when there's no space because of the QR code. And, I mean, it's like it's standing room only. And it says, and he, talking about Jesus, he preached the word to them. Let's look at verse 3. And it says, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. So so here's kind of a pause in this particular story. Again, the word of Jesus, I mean, just kind of the word, the news of who Jesus is, like it's spreading all throughout Capernaum. 
Uh, it's standing room only. And here we're kind of interacting with the story right here where we see some folks have heard about who Jesus is. But here's where this story gets really, really interesting. There are four friends, four men. We don't know a lot about their background, but they're probably from Decaturopolis. Come on, <laughs> trying to help you guys feel good. Like, but they see a need that this man has. And here's what they do. They decide to stop and to address this man's need. And to try to figure out, is there something that we can do in light of all the hustle and bustle about Jesus' ministry to get this man to Jesus? And I love his says is that, that he was carried by four of them. Now, here's, here's what, this is not in the story. Um, if it takes four people to carry this man, um, he probably was not on a carbless diet. He's probably just, the brother probably had a little bit of weight to him, Okay. But, but that's, that's the story. Like, that's where we are. Let's look at verse four. Y'all didn't laugh at that the way I thought. Let's keep going. <laughs> verse four, it says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, it says they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat that the man was lying on. Wow. So here's what we got to do. We got to imagine. Imagine you're in a small group. Remember, better together. Jesus is in the midst of this teaching. You've got people inside the house. You've got, you've got people that are crowded on the outside. And you've got to imagine this, y'all. Let's put ourselves there. Jesus in the middle of himself teaching, like people start digging open the roof. They start digging open the roof because they're so excited to be able to get close to Jesus, to hear what he's talking about, to hear him explain who he is and, and to, to have a, an understanding of the kingdom that he's, is gonna, that, that's going to be in display. And it says, and here's the observation I want to give you all this morning. He says, the observation is that these four men, here's what they did. They used their time, their treasure, and their talents to help somebody get closer to Jesus. Don't miss that. Is, this was a person in culture. Think about a paralyzed man. A paralyzed man was typically kind of disconnected from religious community. The paralyzed people, they were, again, they were always waiting on the generosity of people. But there's a group of four friends that for whatever reason, perhaps because they had an interaction with Jesus, they see the need that this man had and they decide to do something about it. And I believe that the folks in this room, that you and I are a lot like, again, we're a lot like the paralytic at times. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But there are also some people in this room who God has blessed you where you've got time, treasure, and talents. And what I want to encourage you today is often in our lives, the reason that God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing to others. So, so here's, again, I'm just going to kind of highlight this, is that these men, they use their time, their treasure, and their talents. Here's how I know that they have time, because it takes a long time to get from where you started to where Jesus was. They had time. That they also had talent. Here's how I know they had talent, y'all, is because they made an opening in the roof. Here's what happens, y'all. Um, I turned 41 uh, this past, uh, past summer. And, and here's one of the things that I've realized, and this has just been an observation in my life, is, is that when you hit 40, I realize that I'm safest on the ground. <laughs> I mean, there, there's just something in my life that when I leave the ground, I know, and come on, y'all tell the truth. When you get over 40, it's like, this could end in a copay. <laughs> This, this could not end well. But these men 
in spite of a potential copay, here's what they decide to do. They decide to use their time and their talent to help somebody get where they are to where Jesus is. And here's the third thing they do, which is really encouraging me, is that they also use their treasure. Treasure is often the gifts that God has blessed us with, financial resources. Somebody say cash. Cash. Here's how I know they have cash is because somebody's going to have to pay for this roof. (laughs) The HOA is going to come calling. But they just decide in the midst of all the things going on, in the midst of all of the obstacles to getting to Jesus, these four brothers decide that they want to use their time and their treasure and their talents to help somebody come to know Christ. And let's look at verse, verse five. It says, when, they, when Jesus saw their faith, he says to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So when Jesus sees their faith, faith, I mean, people often think about faith as just something that is, is not visible. But I think this scripture helps us to understand that what Jesus saw was that their faith in action, their, their belief and confidence in who Jesus was, it like led them to take notice of somebody that most people miss out on. But here's what's really, really cool about this particular text. It says that the paralyzed man, so again, this is a man that's often identified by his issues. So again, let's think about the theme that we've been talking about is what do you and I do when we find ourselves in seasons of waiting? When we find ourselves in seasons of waiting, here's often the challenge is that we often, we often see ourselves by what we're waiting in more so than by who we're connected to. We often see ourselves, we often identify ourselves by what we're waiting for and not who we're connected to. What Jesus does in this particular text is he helps us to see when you get connected to me, you're no longer identified by your issues, but you're identified based on relationship. So this paralyzed man, and at this point, he still doesn't have the use of his legs, but this paralyzed man is is now in relationship with Jesus. Sin is often a word that can feel a little bit kind of uncomfortable in our culture. Sin just means to miss the mark. Sin just means God is perfect. uh, God is holy. There's a standard that we can't keep. And the reason that God sends Jesus is not so that we can try harder to live better. The reason that God sends Jesus is because Jesus is able to live the life that we could not live. That's why God sends Jesus. And so perhaps if you're in here and perhaps you're not a church person, you're not religious, here's what I want you to, or perhaps you're, you're giving church one more Sunday, here's what I want you to know, really in this small gathering this morning, is that church is made up of folks that are imperfect. We're all imperfect. We all miss the mark. We all fall short of God's standard. But what allows you and I to move from where we are to where God desires for us to be, it has nothing to do with us having it together. It has all to do with who Jesus is and what he's done. He says that that this gentleman, in light of being isolated, in light of being uh, disconnected from religious community, When Jesus sees him, he says that you're a son and that you're forgiven. Here's, I think, a sweet spot of this particular story. Here's where I want y'all to notice where Jesus shows up. Where Jesus shows up is where needs are being expressed and needs are being met. 
Don't miss this. Where Jesus shows up is where needs are being expressed. I've got an issue. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Again, you know, let's just say, you know, we want to, uh, one of the situations that I've heard about this week in our church, like we've got people that are trying to have babies or we have people that are waiting in the adoption process. And so they're expressing a need. But here's, here's why I also want y'all to see where, where Jesus meets a need is where we have people in our church that have gone through that particular season. And you're able to share how God has sustained you. And here's where Jesus finds himself. Jesus finds himself in the middle. And so my encouragement to all of us this morning is when you're thinking about your life, when you're thinking about the things that you're waiting on, here's my encouragement to you this morning is don't wait alone. Don't wait alone. Don't wait alone. What this text shows us is that for the paralyzed man to get where he had to be, he had to be vulnerable and to be willing to accept the help that was being offered to him. Got to be vulnerable. And so here's my, you know, I try to kind of put a bow on this. I work really, really hard, y'all, to make sure y'all can leave with something that is a bite size. I'm going to do my Andy again. Here we go. And here we go. There we go, y'all. I felt good. Here we go. So here's what I want you to think. So when you think about this week, if whatever you're waiting on, here's what I want you to know is while you're waiting, I want you to remember that your strength is in your dependence. So when you think about your waiting season, whatever you're waiting on God to do, whatever you're struggling with, here's what I want you to remember is that often God has us in waiting seasons so that we can learn to depend on God and others. So I want to encourage you, don't isolate yourself. I want to encourage you, like, grab a friend and just check in and say, you know what? I'll start just for three minutes. I'm just going to be completely open and honest and vulnerable and transition. And and what am I trying to say? Transparent, transparent, public school. All right, here we go. (laughs) So I'm just going to be open and honest and transparent about what's going on. I'll go first. I'll set the stage because here's what I want you to know is what often what God is seeking to do in our waiting seasons is to teach us that so that we can then be the type of people that God uses when somebody else is going through that season. So I learned in my life, I was just kind of, I was struggling, y'all, over the last three years. And there were a bunch of things that just weren't lining up. There were a bunch of challenges that I have. I felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling. And I just remember at one point in my life, like being able to take a step back. I was like, oh, Lord, you're trying to teach me that I can't do this by myself. So I've got to reach out. I've got to text some folks. I've got to, I've got to express some vulnerability. I've got to, I've got to live with humility and, and here's, what I, here's what I began to do when I began to live with humility. I began to see that what I was desiring to receive, all right, like I was, I was able to give that to other people. So, so here's a practical, a practical example. Again, y'all know, and I, I've, heard, I've heard the stories. I've heard how y'all been laughing at us. Yes, we've got six kids. It's a bunch of them. I've heard some of the stories. None of y'all, and here's the thing. None of y'all, very few of y'all, none of y'all, <laughs> have said, hey, we'll come pick them up and we'll give them back to you at an appropriate time. And not, nobody's done that. Y'all have just said, Pastor, we're praying for you. We love you. God bless you. So glad you're here. And then you walk off, especially you empty nesters who just look happy and rested. If you're an empty nester. We love you and hate you at the same time. Um, but I was just kind of thinking this, like, like, when, when kids are young, my kids, they're just naturally dependent. 
It's just, it's just kind of their natural. And they're certainly more dependent on my wife than me. To be very honest. Here's how bad sometimes. I remember Tiffany, it was a few weeks ago. Tiffany, she'd gone out to do something, and I was in the bed. And Shay, our youngest, he's three years old. So he literally kind of comes around the corner. And I'm kind of laying in the bed, praying. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm just, that's what y'all think I was, yeah. So, and Shay comes around the corner and he kind of walks and he sees me and then he saw me and he just turned back around. <laughs> because I think even at the age of three, Sawyer realized this is not a good guy to depend on. <laughs> and so he kind of he walked back. But when I think a little bit about my kids, like our kids, you know, your nieces, your nephews, your grand, like they just know how to be dependent. They they will see you, granddad, nana, pop, pop. Hey, I need something. Like, I, I need your help. And, and I think one of the challenges, especially as you kind of get older and more, more depend, you know, independent and, you know, you looking good and you bank account looking good, like you, you start acting like we don't need people. And I think one of the things that the Lord is just trying to teach us, especially when we find ourselves in seasons of waiting, is like, no, we, we do need people. Like, we do need help. We do need some environments where you can just kind of let your guards down and you can kind of share openly and honestly about what's going on. So let me just kind of give you just a couple of applications to this particular uh, talk. I think there are a couple of ways for us to, even at our, our age and with our knees and our ankles and all the things that are going on as adults, here's, I think, just kind of one, here's, here's one thing that I believe that we can do is that we can choose to celebrate. Um, I found that in my seasons of waiting, is that it's really, really easy to see what other people have and to desire it. I mean, to see people with the family that you want, the spouse that you want, the, you know, the bank account that you want, um, go dogs, you know, with the championship that you want, you know, like it, it's just, it's okay, go dogs. Come on, go dogs. There we go. That, that is like a, it's so easy to do that. But like, but it's, it's just easy when you're in a season of waiting to like see what other people have. And here's what's so crazy about this, y'all. This is, this is kind of, it, it, you can live long enough where you think that God has delivered your mail to somebody's address. And, and, and it's kind of so crazy to think about because, you know, God isn't limited in terms of his resources. And God knows where you live. I remember my pastor used to say, which is always encouragement. He said, look, if God is blessing your neighbor, it means he's in the neighborhood. <laughs> It means that he's blessing you. So, so if he's blessing you, then I just need to get closer to you. I need to, I need to be, uh, hey, how'd you do what you do? Like, I, instead of, look, don't play or hate, celebrate. All right? And so I think one of the ways that God in these seasons of waiting, whatever you're waiting on, that God seeks to grow and develop us is, is to have for us to develop a posture that regardless of what's going on in my life, Man, I can, I can celebrate what, what God's doing in your life. I think that's one of the ways. Here's number two. is So, so you've got to learn to celebrate other people. But also, some of y'all, y'all got to learn to celebrate yourself. Some of y'all, like, I, I, if I took the microphone and kind of passed it around this room, a number of you all have stories and circumstances where you know, if you're honest with yourself, you just looked at where you were last year. It's a miracle that you're here. Some of the stuff that you went through over COVID, it was a business, a job, a relationship. And for you to be here, it's a miracle. And so what some of us have to do when we find ourselves in a season of waiting, whatever you're waiting on, you've got to learn to celebrate yourself. 
You've got to learn to celebrate. Here's what I try to do. Look, start, start, and I know some of y'all is, is thinning, but start at your head. All right? And just say, Lord, I thank you. I know there's only a few hairs left, but I thank you for the hair on my head. Lord, Lord, I thank you for the eyes that you've given me to be able to see. Lord, I thank you for the nose that I had to be able to smell this good food, this Korean barbecue, and, and, and what else do y'all like? What else do y'all like? What other type of foods do y'all like? Oxtail. I want to live long, long. Oxtail is maybe, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> oxtail. <laughs> but, but when you kind of think about it, because I'm just saying, when you find, because the reason that this is important, family, the reason that this is important is because when you're waiting on something, when you've been praying and asking God for something for a long time, it's really, really hard to celebrate yourself. Some of you is like, my Lord, I just thank you for the mouth that I have. I thank you, Lord, that I, I can communicate. I thank you, Lord, that I have a job. I thank you that I can yell at these kids. Like, whatever you got going on, Lord, I just thank you that I've got clothes. And here, clothes on my back, you know. Lord, I thank you for, you know, though my knees aren't the way they used to be, Lord, just thank you for my knees. Thank you for my activity. And here's what I believe will happen. As you begin to practice this exercise, I, I just... I'm not making you a guarantee, but here's what I believe will happen. Here's what I believe the Spirit of God will do inside of you is that you will begin to say, you know what? I actually am blessed. Like, I, I am fortunate. And, I, and I, perhaps I, I, I didn't kind of think about that. And so I want to encourage you to celebrate, celebrate others and to celebrate yourselves. Here's number two. We're going to look at verse Mark chapter 2, verse 12 uh, for this one. So here's the little bit in this story. I love Jesus Again, he's fantastic. These stories are often kind of filled with tension that, again, I was kind of telling you, like, if you're new to church, you're not religious, you're not a person of faith, um, Jesus, I'm recommending that he become your hero because, like, he just deals with, like, all of the mess that sometimes surrounds church. And, and you know, so, so the, the paralytic man, like, he receives, he receives forgiveness, which is something that he could not see. But then towards the end, like there's a short kind of interchange that Jesus has with some of the religious leaders because Jesus just wasn't the type of leader that they wanted him to be. And so Jesus, just to show how bad he is and how in charge he is, here's what Jesus does. Jesus says, you know what? Like I'll forgive his sins, but I'll also heal him so that he's able to walk. And so we're going to pick up in verse 12 where this is after Jesus has given this paralytic man the ability to walk again. And it says that he got up and he took his mat and he walked out in full view of all the people. So, so the religious kind of people that were, that were inside, the folks that often create barriers for people coming to God, like, like he made sure to address that. But here's what's so cool. It says, this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is absolutely fantastic because here's, here's I, I got so excited when I was thinking about this week. Here's what God so often does in our life. God often allows you and I to be a recipient of something. Here's the crazy thing. And then when you get to where you're going, here's what God wants to do. God wants to use you to help make him more seen. That's something. Here's why y'all's got to get it. Sometimes you're waiting not for yourself. Sometimes you're waiting is for somebody else. Some of the things that you go through, it's not for you. It's so that when you get to where God wants to take you, you're able to point the attention back to God who got you there. 
That's what it says. It says, it says this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And when I thought a little about this, like surely the crowd, they've seen people walk before. They've seen people get up. But here's what I don't want you all to miss this morning. But they've never seen him do it because of what God has done in his life. And so y'all have to know where God has you in your apartment complex, at your school, on your job, on this pew. Here's what God so often does in our seasons of waiting. He's just trying to set you up so he can use you to help other people see who he is. So in our seasons of waiting, I want to encourage you, don't wait alone. And often what you and I are going through is not for us, it's for somebody else. So here's that second application for you all this morning, is that wherever God sends you, especially if you're still waiting, I want you to commit to serve the needs of others. I want you to celebrate what God's doing in your life. I want you to celebrate what God's doing in the life of others. But I want you to know that where God has sent you, he sent you there to be a blessing. He sent you there to help. And I know this this might seem a little scary. For some of you all, y'all are the only Bible that people will ever see. So he sent you there. He sent you to the apartment complex. He sent you to your job because he wants to use your life and all the things that you know that you wish that you didn't have. Like he wants to use all of that so that when people see what God has done in you, it really is not so much about you, but it's about what God has done through you. So here's my encouragement really for this this first week of this series is that while you wait, don't wait alone. Get connected. Be vulnerable. Uh, Live with humility. Know that in your humility, God's going to use you to be a blessing in the lives of other people. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about this next week. We're going to get it next in in week two because I don't want to, you know, kind of get ahead of myself. We're going to talk a little bit about week two. Really, week two is all about how God often uses you. And what, and what you find yourself in is often God preparing you for what he has for you. And so we're going to dive into that on uh, next week. And uh, what I would love to do really just now is to, is to pray for you. Uh, I know, again, if I pass the mic throughout this room, there'd be a variety of different stories, like good things that we're waiting on, not just lotto tickets, you know, which are, you know, again, if you win, just tithe here. But, but just kind of good things. And uh, so I'd love to pray with you and encourage you, uh, Lord, as we move forward. So while we're waiting, again, Lord, we're just committed that we don't want to wait alone. And Lord, in a room this size and those of us who are watching online, Lord, I know that there's so many kind of unspoken requests, so many desires of our hearts, so many things that we're struggling with. And Lord, I believe that you can do today what you did some 2,000 years ago in person is that, Lord, you can meet us where a need is being expressed and needs are being met. And, Lord, we want to really with full transparency know that when we find ourselves in a season of waiting, Lord, perhaps this is just our signal that we need to get connected. Perhaps for some of us, man, the next step will be joining a group. For some of us, it might be a lunch this week. For some of us, it might be leaving a group next semester. But, Lord, we're just thankful that we don't have to do this alone. And Jesus, we thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection, and your ascension. Thank you for sending the Spirit to indwell us so that we don't have to be alone. We honor you and we bless you today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.